On this week's episode, we shit our pants at the fair with Jackass the Movie. Does Cloverfield owe this movie everything? When does Irving Zisman win his Oscar? And is Butterbean okay? Find out now you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. Hi, my name is Robert Bohorkas, everybody, and welcome to 24 Flames Per Second. This is the Jackass the Movie episode, everybody. We are into a new year, uh, a couple weeks now, and uh, we're super excited to, you know, last week we did Legally Blonde, which was all about, you know, reinventing yourself for the better, um, and this week, you know, it's about, you know, the fallout from bad decisions you made, uh, which is, you know, it's all part of this New Year's um, you know, wax ball that we that we make every time there's a new one that rolls around. And so, you know, 2020 maybe w- had a little bit more bad than good. 2021, you know, we could still, there's still a balance, a yin and a yang to keep. And so, um, yes, as mentioned, this week we are talking about Jackass, the movie uh, from 2002 um, to, you know, celebrate the dual duality of existence. Um, and so, yeah, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, let's see, it's January, it's movie dumping ground, but what does that even mean while we're still in quarantine? Um, and so just a Patreon update that, um, we are gonna have a hot take coming, um, up to our Patreon in a couple, in a a week or two, probably, it kind of depends on what movies are coming out, um, but yeah, head over to, um, patreon.com slash 24flamespod to, uh, to check out all the good stuff that's over there, help support the show, um, and uh, yeah, for those that don't know, Hot Takes is kind of like our movie reviews right after we finish watching the movie. It used to be right after we left the theater, but that's not happening anymore, so um, it's uh, just me in my kitchen now. So um, yeah, everybody, uh, let's um, go ahead. I think we can, uh, we can you know, hop in our shopping cart and get this thing a-rolling. Um, and so yeah, we'll start with, uh, start with the co-host this week. The uh, April to my Bam Margera, Katie Bennett. Hello. You're my mom. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I do love April, so that, that works. <laughs> um, uh, how's it going? How are you? You know, it's it's good. I'm, I'm kind of in pain in anticipation of talking about this movie and just thinking about this movie. Some, some of the stunts <laughs> that they've done leave me feeling physically ill or in pain I mean, so you, there's no there's no alligator in your dining room though right thank god for that <laughs> um well yeah did you did you watch the movie this week i did i actually just finished it uh before we started recording nice um well what do you know about it you can share okay. with uh, the rest of us i have i have two little fun facts about this movie well kind of the the obvious fun fact is that several people in this cast were injured uh while making this film we've got some broken bones uh steve-o got like a vague serious infection according to wikipedia after oh falling God. in like a septic river i don't know it, but but the two facts that i want to focus on here um involve johnny knoxville because he is just a delight in this movie and they both involve him in his bad grandpa makeup so uh, irving sisman Yes. Um, so when he's kicked out of the liquor store, when he's like shoplifting all of those various things, uh, mm-hmm. he runs out and he says, I was Lon Chaney's lover. 
He actually had no idea who Lon Chaney was. He, but when he was kicked out, he saw Lon Chaney's, Chaney's like Hollywood Walk of Fame star on the ground, and was like, "Ah, cool. I'll just use that name because I think it sounds funny." And that was, I don't know. Oh my god! And then another, just kind of, um, we'll call it a synchronicity. Uh, when, when Knoxville is in his bad grandpa makeup and he's stealing from the store, he steals a fake, like Oscar, like Academy Award trophy. Oh. And the movie Bad Grandpa, 11 years later, would be nominated for an Academy Award for best makeup. Yes. I love that. So just, That's you wild. know, the parallels in life. How prescient. <laughs> um, well, well, very good. Yeah. Um, what was I, I wonder if Steve-O's infection was from the tropical pole vaulting. That is, that's, yes, that's what it yep, was from. Nailed it. Um, <clears throat> well, um, you know, there's all that. Thank you so much. That's yes. great. That's great stuff. Um, shout out Irving Sisman. Um, and so, yeah, we're uh, we're gonna get into the uh, to the panels. Uh, and get this get, get get this show on the road, um, and so yeah, let's start with uh, we'll start with our roasters. Um, and first up, we've got uh, she's a stand-up comedian. You can find her on social media at Jen Ferrari. Uh, Genevieve Ferrari, hello. Hello, happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Um, how are yeah. you? How's everything? Uh, and things are good. It was fun to. Um, I, I had a really slow day at work today, so I actually got to watch this, you know, in a lot of my downtime, and that was <laughs> yes. that was really fun. I can't. Uh, it, it was weird revisiting it. I have a pretty serious job right now, so it was very weird to have. I'm a contact racer, so I make calls oh, yeah. about COVID, and then it was very weird when in my downtime to switch to this movie. But it was nice. <laughs> it was like a little. <laughs> what is it like an amuse bouche? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, um, well, that's sounds nerve nerve wracking almost. Um, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> yeah, either way, it's great to great to have you here, um, and thanks for being here. Um, and also roasting this week, um, he's an actor, dungeon master to the stars. You can find him on Twitter at not Chris Evans, Evan Christopher. <laughs> he's so mad. He's so mad. He's so upset. <laughs> I don't know why you had to punish me with this, Robert. I didn't do anything. Hey, I don't make anybody do anything. Y'all signed up for what you signed up. Why couldn't I do the last one? I feel I feel like I'm punished for this. Well, I don't. You you got to defend two Christmas movies last year. Yeah, yeah. And so then, then this is my gift for defending Christmas. Yep. Happy New Year's. (laughs) Don't be a New Year's baby about it. Um, Anyways, other than other than you know having just finished Jackass, you're not happy about it. How how are you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's here. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm okay, fine. Great. Hey, fine isn't bad. Um, anyways, it, Evan, it's great to have you here. A pleasure as always. Um, always. And on the defense this week, filmmaker and political activist. You can find him on social media at True Cody Olson. Cody Olson. Hey. Hello. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. I really like this movie, and I I just watched it today, um, and so I'm like fresh off of it, super yeah. like super excited. I just spent like the last two hours pretty much laughing uh, nonstop, which was that felt like a, a fresh thing in 2020, even though this is happening in 2020. Right. Well, you know, we're get we're getting in our getting our licks in while we can. Um, well, yeah. Well, very good. 
Um, those are the panels, everybody. Um, and so, Cody, you know how this goes. First things first. We're going to start with a uh, movie in a minute, um, which is this is maybe the most unique challenge for movie in a minute we've had yet. Um, and so I'll, I'll leave, you know, s- give us the full plot synopsis of Jackass the movie. Spoilers and all. <laughs> and uh, I will give you uh, 60 seconds and a three count to uh, do whatever you think it summarizes the movie. Um to say, I should clarify, to say whatever you think summarizes the movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, let's let's get into it. Okay, great. Um, here we go. In three, two, one, go. Jackass the movie is the movie version of an MTV show where Johnny Knoxville, Bam Margera, Chris Pontius, Steve-O, Ryan Dunn, and, and others, but that's the core cast, performed a series of stunts, usually hurting themselves, sometimes pranking unwitting people out in society. And so this is the first movie of that, and they they go through a number of, I think, sometimes painful, sometimes gross stunts, um, but always funny. And it's bookended by a by kind of a, a massive like cart stunt. Um, at the start and at the end has kind of a similar thing, but them in old man makeup, um, kind of making a fake movie called Son of Jackass. Um, I think that's it. That's pretty much. That's a pretty good summation of what the thing is. Um, we'll, we'll we'll give it to you, um, just because like what was that gonna be right for this? Um, it could have been in my imagination a lot of ideas about what moving a minute would look like. Um, and that's a pretty good description of what the thing is. So um, we'll count it. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we'll drill down into, you know, there's there's several different kind of genres of stunts in and of itself that we'll maybe get into as the show goes on. Um, and, you know, I've got the, the master list in front of me of all of the stunts in the first movie. So um yeah we can uh we can get into that um after the break everybody um but uh yeah cody we'll get your opening statements after a quick little ad break everybody we will be right back and we're back everybody welcome back to the jackass episode uh cody um let's see yeah he got that uh, race car all the way up his butt in <laughs> no. movie in a minute. That's the one I went with. Um, and uh, yeah, he did it. And so we're going to, let's get into our main statements. Cody, uh, why uh, are you here defending Jackass the movie? I think this film just brings me so much joy. And the, the tougher thing in my defense of it will almost be translating the, the emotions I feel when I watch this movie, like joy, happiness, laughter, into actual like logical reasons because so much of it is just is like it's, it's just a visceral experience of watching people do dumb things that hurt themselves in kind of this good natured way and i always just leave it feeling hyped and and happy yeah okay um i, I roasters i'm curious where where we want to start with this maybe like I, I wrote this under plot but you know this being a feature-length version of an episode of the Jackass show that already existed um, was something we kind of talked about. Um, you know, kind of just the format in which the show or in which the movie takes place as compared to the show or as compared to, you know, other similar 
things at the time or or whatever however you want to however you want to call it i don't know who would like to go first with that you know there's a there's a feature link version of the popular 30 minute show yeah i don't i don't mind touching base on that i i'm pretty familiar with the movies because especially when they came out i was a big fan i think you know a lot of us <laughs> a was. lot of us well yeah a lot of us a lot of us were <laughs> um so um uh, for me, um, I uh, rewatch. I haven't rewatched it in a really long time, and what I realized was I just I don't feel like it's um, the strongest of the films. I do mm-hmm. feel like it does feel like a t- almost like a too long I a too long version of the show, just because it doesn't quite um, find its footing thematically. It lags a lot in the middle. I found. And maybe that's because I'm already familiar with it, but I'm used to being kind of more surprised by some of the stunts. And again, it's it's not it's not my first time watching it, but I it was choppier than I remembered, and there are parts that lagged. Um, and overall, I, I don't think that it's a bad film, but it really did feel um, it it felt it like it dragged a lot for me. To be honest, um, in a way that I didn't expect it expect it to, it felt like it should have been shorter, and it felt like it should have been episodes, um, which kind right. of defeats the purpose of a movie. Yeah, Evan, anything you want to tag on there? Uh, I mean, I think it just says all what you already said. It's just a longer episode of the fucking show. I mean, you could have thrown it on TV and made your money with ads, and people still would have watched it. Uh, I have a question for the rest of the for the rest of the crew. Um, before I finish my point, before we had to watch this movie, when was the last time you watched a Jackass movie? Like a full movie? Yeah, when was the last time yeah. you purposely decided to watch a Jackass movie? <laughs> Not just, ooh, I just ran into it. You decided physically I'm going to go find it and put it on. Right. Katie, we don't have to answer. It's everybody else. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe college for me. I think it was around college that I revisited Jackass in, in a very intense way. I was really into all of it. Um, but after that, I haven't revisited it. It hasn't really crossed my mind. For me, it was, it was college too is the last time that I think I watched one of their movies all the way through. But I do want to throw in a caveat because I can be a little ADD and like early in quarantine when I was really needing to pick me up, um, I got pretty deep into just like diving down YouTube holes of uh, of jackass stunts so i i would kind of put that in that column because i was definitely pulling up youtube going i'm you know i'm not going to sit here for an hour but i'm going to watch like several jackass skits that come to my mind <laughs> fair enough i mean I'll, I'll give you that but before the quarantine thing you hadn't really watched it aside from college which to be fair i'm guessing is not months not just a year, several years, that you could watch this, walk away, and not care, and just be like, I'm done. I've already seen it. I'm done with my life. I don't need to revisit this. That is exactly what this is. It's just a bunch of fluff that nobody could ever have any kind of value or or take anything away from from just watching a bunch of idiots hurt themselves for a bunch of money. I mean, in the in the the main point that for this is that there is no plot. Period. There's nothing. Right. I mean, sure, we had makeup for some of that, which we could praise for the makeup artist for doing the old man makeup. But aside from that, cinematography, all handheld stuff you can see from Cloverfield. Anything that would resemble anything of um, uh, of wanting to continue this is it would, would be a lie. I, I, I feel that that there you could wa- that nobody can ever remember any of the thing. They just remember liking the movie, but never 
fully remember aside from one or two like big points in the movie and that's it because of the gross out factor period and that's all that it is it's just gross out humor for the fun of it and now this is the this is the reason why we have you know people hurting not only themselves but each each other having shitty prank channels making logan paul and jake paul and whoever else popular on the internet because we just want to watch them and they can just rake in the bucks because they don't care who they hurt they just get to make the money by making you laugh on, on online and watching their stupid ads yeah okay um <clears throat> I was gonna, I was gonna speak to what Genevieve said. Let me, let me try to organize my thoughts first. Uh, Genevieve, I think fair point on it feeling like an extended episode of the TV show. I think on some level you're not wrong, but I do think they up their game with a lot of the stunts. Um, one of the ones that I'd kind of forgotten was the tidal wave stunt, and it, and it's just like it's not even maybe the most dangerous one, but it's so big and it's so visually striking the way that they have this pretty simple side view camera angle and the the tidal wave just comes in and Johnny Knoxville is just gone. And there's just this like raw kind of large energy to it that I feel like the movie brings. And it's part of the, why I keep coming back to the movies more so than the TV show, which is, you know, a little scrappier, but I think still enjoy. So I, I see what you're saying, but I do think on some level they're like, we're making a movie. Let's use this budget. Let's, let's amp up sort of the danger and the fun factor. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I would like to just jump in real quick. Yeah. Um, I think the reason why they wanted to make this movie instead of making it a TV show is just so then that way they could show their dick and balls and make whatever kind of jerk off ma- ma- masturbating jokes that they can because that's the only difference that you get from between the movie and the TV show is you just get to straight, see straight on penis and asshole. That's it. I mean, isn't that why we all make movies? Right? <laughs> It's true. That's why the, well, the industry now, exists. Now, now I'm hurt. That's why, we have, that's why we have VHS instead of Betamax. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's why Lars von Trier makes movies. I think. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I see what you're saying, Evan. There's there's certainly a lot of that gross-out stuff. And, and personally, for me, that's, like, that's neither my favorite nor does it ruin the experience. But I do think it's difficult to look at any of the movies, including this one, and not say that they were bringing their A-game in terms of taking the stunts up enough. Even... The, the beginning, which I'd kind of forgotten about with the with the cart, and they're kind of going through these, like, concrete cannons, or it looks pretty intense. Just the, like, the cinematography there is great. You know, the ridiculous, I forget the name of the song, but it's, it, you know, it's a well-known, like, or- orchestral choral piece of music. The song that they use, I feel like they they knew they were making a movie, and I think Jeff, Jeff Tremaine, I get his last Jeff Tremaine, yeah. Yeah, um, what was it again, Robert? Jeff Tremaine. Jeff the director. Tremaine, thank you. Yeah. Um, the director, I think, he he sometimes doesn't get enough credit because, yeah, it's very handheld, but, man, he manages to get these angles that without them, the stun, you'd be kind of removed from it. But I think he really puts you in there and manages to, like, allow the things to play out organically and not grind it to a halt so that just so he can get footage. But he, he seems clever with, like, putting cameras in places where he knows he's going to need it and then just letting the chaos happen. Um, Cody, I, I'm wondering just just um, your opinion on this, because I, I, again, I, I don't disagree with you on that, but I think of the movie series, I think that maybe Jackass 2 or Jackass 3 does a better job of camera coverage, and it still has a little bit of the grittiness that, that Jeff Tremaine brought, brought in the skate videos and then later to this movie. Um 
I do you think that this movie is um, the best in the film franchise? Because I would argue that this, to me, is the weakest one when it just comes to cinematography, mm -hmm. and they just don't have the budget, I think, to make it as interesting. So when I was watching that, I found myself comparing it a lot, comparing a lot of the stunts to later films. Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong there. <clears throat> I, I think on one level it's difficult to divorce it from the sequels, and I think it's a good problem to have to be like, oh, two and three even stepped it up further and, and kind of blew this one out of the water in retrospect. But yeah, I, I do think you had a point that they, I think for me, three is probably my favorite. It's like maybe the most artistic use of CGI or like, not sorry, not CGI. It's maybe the most like legitimate use of 3D that's ever existed. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, the cinematography stepped up. Um, you know, this one, it does feel like late 90s, early 2000s in, in terms of just kind of the like graininess of the of the footage sometimes. But that said, I think I would maybe draw a distinction between like the raw quality of the image and the angles that you're getting, which I think it's mm -hmm. still pretty clear that it's like this director was bringing his A-game. Now, I want to bounce back, if it's okay, just to something that Evan said, because I also kind of felt this, too. Um, and I think it's a really good critique that that he brought up, which is just there was something about watching this where I felt like I had seen it before in different versions. And I think what I realized is that Evan is absolutely right, that there is kind of a whole industry of prank videos that that blossomed on YouTube that were probably inspired by this. And it really did make me watch this movie um I guess a little bit more critically because I don't necessarily love that. Um, yeah. The Logan Paul and the Jake Pauls of the world. I don't love, um, I don't love that a lot. And then I also, I don't know, um, Evan, if how you felt about this, I felt like some of the scenes that they felt abroad were very dated and it, it, it felt like vaguely, there were some music additions that felt vaguely, well, not vaguely. I was like, pretty racist and i was also like and, and disrespectful i wonder what you felt about that both of you actually um well i i agree with you and i mean this isn't just for this film i believe two and three had the same problems as well um making fun of other cultures like the indian culture and i think that there was a couple like wild boiled boy scenes that they had done with some uh, aborigine tribes uh but you know they just don't care they just kind of will take another person's culture um adopt it and create a prank off of it um harassing the actual people in that culture with it um almost as kind of like a, a a funny fuck you as i felt hmm. yeah i think when you say harassing i think that for me is is what kind of is where I push back a little, and to me what connects the two points that you had, Genevieve, about um, the sort of internet pranks that have spun out of this and and those sequences abroad. And I think what I would say the difference is for those, the, the prank videos that, you know, the like, it's a prank video that we're all kind of familiar with on YouTube. I think a lot of the times those are making a victim out of people out in the world. And I think jackass when it's when it's at its, its best and i think a lot of this film is it at its best is you laughing at the jackass crew even if they are doing something out there in the world it's it's them i don't think they're for the most part they're not harassing people they're doing something ridiculous that somebody gets to kind of react to but that it's like the jackass person who's like either physically or socially in the line of fire 
Um, and, and I think for me, that's, that's why it feels like this kind of uncomplicated, just stupid fun is because it's not, it doesn't feel cruel. Um, but yeah, but I, I do, I was sort of thinking about that during, I think they say they're in Tokyo, Japan, um, during a lot of those sequences. And, and I think you're right. Like some of that music, I think you could interpret that as, as pretty on the nose and, and perhaps not very racially sensitive. The one thing for me that, I, that maybe blunted that was, was the number of skits throughout the movie that were, that took place over there. And oddly it felt like if there was just one, it would be a little, it felt like it'd be a little bit more like, haha, this culture. And for some reason, and, and again, I, I could be wrong. I, I'm a white dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm open to people being like, nah, that, you know, it didn't work for me. The fact that it's sort of, it's featured throughout the movie, it kind of just feels like they, they got to like be there for a while and in some ways experience that culture and be dumb and stupid on the streets of Tokyo as they would do, you know, in the United States. And my hope is that the joke is not haha Tokyo. My hope is the joke is like, we're, we're stupid in a new setting people are still perturbed by us. You know what I mean? I can, I feel like within, within the anger that I have inside me, um, that I can agree (laughs) for the most part that maybe it was not particularly meant to be mean, but I will say, and I'm, I'm looking at the same list, Robert, that I think you have. Um, if we look at number 27, the gong, Yes, where he would go up and they're walking behind people, behind people, and just do a giant gong behind people in Japan, pretty much in in a way harassing. I don't know about you, if someone was to come up behind me and do like an air horn or something loud like that, that if you were trying to golf and someone set off an air horn, (laughs) right? Or if I was if I was waiting at the bus stop listening to my music and suddenly someone right up and asked me did an air horn, I'd probably be pretty mad, right? And, but making it a gong, especially in Japan, I think definitely adds to the kind of, uh, what is it, the racial tropes that have been known from that, um, especially from the 70s, from that kind of deal. So I don't think that that helps out as much as well as I'd like to bring up another point, because um, Robert, I'm sure you're reading it on Wikipedia. Um, the Japanese version had a special edited version that was made to cut out quite a few bits Interesting. from Japan. So they, I'm re- I'm reading my handmade list, but I believe I trust that Wikipedia does say that. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, it does. They did put it back in for the special DVD version that they had um, for Japanese uh, regional areas, but they did cut it out, cut out quite a bit of it for uh, Japanese audiences, which goes to show, um, uh, for some legal reasons as well as they kind of knew that it would probably upset quite a bit of their of the Japanese audience that would potentially come and watch. Yeah, that's fair. And, and I do think the gong one is, is probably the easiest to hold up and be like, yeah, like, this one was, was probably racially insensitive and, and not the greatest thing to do. Um, I, I'm curious what, ske- what, sketch, what sketches that you're looking at that were taken out for the Japan release. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure the gong one was. Is that what it's saying? It doesn't say exactly which ones were, to be honest. It doesn't say which ones. Um, it just says that several uh, bits were cut out for, for the reasons, but they were placed back in. So I can't say for sure which it's ones from, there are. But I feel like the gong one for sure. Sure. I guess in, I'm just in trying my to heart. clarify bits from, the, from Japan or bits. Yeah, from the- Japan. From the Japan. Okay. So my guess, my guess would be, um, let me just look at it real quick. 
Party Boy Japan, uh, Night Pandas, Sumo Chase. Um, <laughs> out of context, these are wild to just be reading a list of. Um, <laughs> yeah. What else? I had to write sideways for some of these. Those are those are like wasabi the snooters. Ones. Oh, the wasabi oh, snooters. Yes, that was What's the other one I was trying to one? see. That is, that is oddly shaped sumo wrestlers. That is. I put sumo chase. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dude, why um, Steve snort wasabi is like that is awful. <laughs> just a real quick, I wanted to just add some context. I, I did read that one of the main reasons that they went to Japan was, I can't remember exactly which stunt, but there was one stunt that they really wanted to do, and I they think they needed to be in Japan for it for some reason, and so they hmm. like just ended up staying there and shooting a bunch of different pranks because the laws there are different about like having to blur out people's faces if, the, if it's in your footage. So like yeah. In, like, the U.S. and in other areas, you have to, like, make every single person that shows up sign a media release or you have to go in and, like, blur out all their faces. And I guess the laws aren't quite as strict in Japan. So I guess they just thought, oh, well, this will save us a bunch of time. We don't have to blur out a bunch of people's faces. <laughs> right. Which is it, which is sort of the vibe that I was getting was that it seemed like they went there and, and they were there doing pranks. That it, the joke was less... I, you know, look at me, I, I'm in Tokyo, and the joke was, Tokyo's a city, it's a fun place to be, I'm going to cause some mayhem around here. Yeah, I, I feel like, so, I mean, I think that's definitely right. I feel like some of the things that I actually had issue with also just, like, and they're very common and classic, like, music editing choices, where the, also the music, there's certain coded music that gets, like, a very genuine, like, general, like, Asian music, or there's a gong throw, noise thrown right. in there that gets edited into a lot of movies, especially during that time period, and it happens now, it happens now with reality TV. Um, if any of you have been depressed at all during this 2020, and you've got, gotten to watch 90 Day Fiance at all, like I did, you'll notice there's a lot of, like, horribly kind of like racially coded music that goes with certain regions. And so that was something that I noticed that I had not noticed before. Um, and that was actually m kind of more um, the thing that alerted me to just something be like making me slightly uncomfortable on this watch around where I just was like, I was, you know, in the early aughts, I don't, that was such a common way to make a joke about, especially, especially using um, just like a very general idea of Asia as a joke and using certain like coded music for that, that I would not have ever noticed that. And that was very interesting watching it now to just kind of see that um, happen a little bit in this movie. Yeah, no, and I think that's a fair point. And that's, that's a little the unfortunate thing about some of the, some of the on the nose music choices, um, you know, is, is yeah, it, it kind of, it, it makes it, cast that in not the best light so I, I think that's a totally fair critique in retrospect um i just had a question for for the panel so we've kind of established that this isn't uh this isn't really like a normal movie with like a plot and characters in the way that we think about movies even from like a documentary standpoint it's really just a bunch of different like vignettes kind of stitched together but when i think about jackass there tends to be three different types of, of sketches or skits or whatever you want to call them there's there's a physical stunt there's a prank and then there's some kind of gross out weird something kind of thrown in there and and i'm curious how you guys felt about the balance of those three types of skits throughout this movie like do you think there was too much of one type or not enough of the other type do you think they they worked together like to be funny or, or what, what are your thoughts 
We can also get further into this on the extended play, but you know, that's quick, also true. I've stumped thought. them. Here is great. <laughs> I mean, uh, for me, I I just I don't know if it's just because I've become older now and I I have a much better sense of responsibility, but most of the time I just I I I saw punishment to all the people that they were affecting the the car that they got you know right. and then tried to deny um having to have the insurance for it um smashing up convenience stores um what else uh running around and just clipping each other's hair in the back you know um <laughs> but that's here like, uh, fucking with animals so constantly the the hair clipping at least i see what you're saying for those but the hair clipping falls in that separate category of them doing dumb things to each other to elicit a laugh from us I, I right. well it feels like a sorry it feels like the, there's a lot of bullying because right off of the top we had robert we had somebody um i can't remember if it was robert or cody said some of the names which were all the top names for jackass right right but typically these people that are the top names for jackass we look at are usually the bullies of the ones that we forget the names of, such as Preston Lacey or Jason Wee Manacuna mm-hmm. or Aaron McGenhe or Dave England. Hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of these people don't have anything outside of jackass where the other names have gone on to rise to stardom. And most of the time, the ones that people remember the most are the ones of them bullying the other ones. I mean, I think that's a fair point that, like, there there is a social hierarchy within Jackass. And, like, I would love for somebody to do a deep dive on, like, how many times somebody like Preston Lacey or, uh, or, yeah, or Erin McGee is the butt of a joke from other Jackass crew members. But I also think that's really tough, frankly, without some, like, hard data in front of us because it, like, for the, for the Shaver specifically, I mean, that, that kind of runs the gamut. I mean, I think you get, I think off the top of my head, I think Bam and Knoxville both get that at one point. At least one of them does for sure. So mm-hmm. I, I think it can be difficult to parse out. It, it it sort of feels like nobody gets out of there clean, but I do think you're right. Like It would be interesting to look at who's the one that's the butt of the most jokes, but I don't think it's as black and white as like Knoxville and Margera are, you know, nobody touches them. Like They get messed with pretty hard too. Mm-hmm. I would say that for this particular movie, um, I guess kind of to to answer your question, Katie, and, and maybe this kind of um, ties into what um, both Cody and everyone were saying, I do feel like this movie was, it had less of what I like, which is bigger stunts where the main cast are hurting themselves. And this one did have kind of like earlier, like it, it was definitely, there was more interaction with the public. And on this watch, I didn't like it as much. I prefer either bigger stunts, which probably weren't a bigger budget. So you're seeing that in other films. And um, I do like the cast members and I like watching them specifically get hurt. And I just didn't, see, you know, I was, I didn't see enough of that in this movie to be as engaged as I would in other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we get to unmasking, I want to make sure we touch on one other thing that was kind of a couple things um, when we were talking before we started recording. And it's just um, kind of the usage of, you know, the cast throughout. Um, and that's the main cast that we were just kind of talking about. Um, that's also, you know, we have people from Viva La Bam that show up. We have celebrity guests um, and... 
you know, uh, that was, that was, I don't know, roasters, if you want to take it from there, you know, kind of, you know, how well is everyone utilized throughout, throughout the movie? Well, again, I say again that there is a sense of bullying that gets done. I mean, yeah. everybody loves to watch um, Bam Margera fucking terrorize his parents consistently. Got a whole you know, show. putting alligators in there, beating up his father. You know, you're, yeah, you're right. He had his own. He, he had his own show. People, people get off on watching him terrorize his parents mm-hmm. and some kind of uh, what's it like uh, teen fantasy of what they wish they could do themselves to their parents, but don't have the money for it. Like I said, he's 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 a he's a child, you know. And I mean, you can see lots of guest stars from videos before Jackass was even made of the CKY crew. Um, before Viva La Bam that make their appearances. And uh, I, I, again, I think it only goes to prove why J- I, even, they're, even they're put off to the white wayside, I think, um, for a lot of them, like Brandon DiCamello or Rab himself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there's just, um, again, this hierarchy that does kind of set up of who's going who's gonna to get what stunts and, and to make themselves look better than the others. But I don't, I don't, I, I think you're right again that there is a hierarchy, but I think, I think it's false to say that to look better than the others, right? Because I, I think part of the variety of the show is people who aren't in as many sketches like Brandon DiCamillo is, you know, getting the odd flavor of them, getting like, oh, they're going to do this sketch and, you know, and their energy is a little different than Johnny Knoxville's. But I think whether you're uh, the, one of the lesser known jackass names or you're one of the more known jackass names, I don't think anybody does the stunts and like comes out looking good per se, right? Like like Ryan Dunn's sort of big starring moment is like shoving a shoving a toy car in a condom up his butt, and it's both like you know he's he's I would I would argue sort of below Knoxville and Bam, but like kind of close. Um, but it's not like he doesn't look cool. It's but it's that he gets to do it and it's dumb and fun. So I I don't know. I, I guess I just push back on the like them looking cool. That I would actually argue, Cody, that's that's one of my issues with this movie is I actually don't think that there's enough Ryan Dunn. I do kind of feel like he's the heart and soul of the franchise sometimes because he never really had any skills to offer when it came to like, obviously, Bam can like skateboard. You have all these people that have these certain talents and he just had like, he just was down to do anything. And, it, and he also had um, a very dry sense of humor. And I think that that um, makes, at least in the past for me, he's made watching... Um, the show and the other movies really joyful. And so I was just really disappointed this watch around to see that he wasn't, he was, um, uh, he wasn't as in, he wasn't in it as much as he, that I expected him to be. Cause I, all of, most of my favorite sketches just from, you know, looking back, have, he's in, and those are in different movies or different shows. Um, and then I think they, um, I think that um, Evan, you mentioned um, Rob himself, and I think there were some other people in this movie, and their carryovers from I think probably other skate videos and maybe from the TV show. That for me actually took me out a little bit um, uh, for this movie. I realized I didn't realize how much I relied on that core cast um, to be dynamic enough to get me excited to watch, and so for this movie, just fell a little bit flat to me in a way that I didn't expect, just because um, uh, there were extra people in there that I had forgotten about and. And to me, it didn't add to the movie at all. For your Ryan Dunn point, I would uh, I have a similar reaction with Chris Pontius that I think as the movies go on, both Ryan Dunn and Chris Pontius sort of like come to the forefront a little bit more. And I, I really appreciate that. I think 
both Dunn and Chris Pontius will kind of just every now and then say something like half to themselves, half to the camera, but they're kind of throwing it away. Like they're not even sure if it's going to get picked up. Um, but it, there's some of the best lines in the movie. So yeah, I, I agree. Like more, more done, more Pontius. I'm full in favor of that. I'll also say, Evan, you mentioned some points about um, cast members being bullied. And I will say this time around, especially just trying to remember my familiarity with the show and other movies, there are there were things that made me uncomfortable or just dynamics that I watch sometimes where I do worry about certain cast members or I just feel like maybe they um, their presence becomes a joke. And again, I can't understand, I, I can't know what goes on, um, you know, during the filming process, but I did notice that a little bit um, with this one. I haven't revisited the other films, so, um, you know, I, I couldn't speak to those ones, but I do think that was a good point that there, there are some moments that there seemed like, that I, that I wonder if it's mean spirited. And just the fact that I wonder about that takes me a little bit out of the movie. So, hmm. um, so yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think on that note, uh, we can go ahead and unmask everybody. Um, and let's, uh, let's talk about how we, how we really feel about Jackass the movie. Uh, and we'll go around, uh, around the circle. And uh, Cody, we'll start with you. I, I love this movie. I think, I think again, it, it just captures this uncomplicated, simple energy of doing something stupid to get a laugh from your friends. And there's, I don't know, there's something about it that I like that there, it's not taking yourself too seriously. And, and yeah, I just, uh, I absolutely love it. Like watching these films, uh, I just come away feeling lighter. Nice. Uh, Genevieve. Um, I really appreciated roasting this movie because it was a huge challenge because I am a huge <laughs> Jackass fan. I have seen one, I've seen two, 2.5, three, 3.5. I've seen the Brandon Memorial. I've seen... The original, like the documentary about the skating movies. I do think that actually some of the, th having to watch it critically, I actually stand by a lot of the critiques that I, that I had um, during this movie. But yeah, I'm uh, of the franchise. I am a, uh, a huge fan. It didn't hit as hard. This, this time I watched it, I'm going to be honest, it didn't hit as hard for me, but that could be because I watched this movie so many times that I am no longer <laughs> surprised. Um, so yeah, nice. big fan. Uh, Evan. <sighs> Big exhale. I fucking shrug. love Jackass. Yeah. Jackass yeah, is really great. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I own Jackass to all all the point fives. I own all the CKYs. I have all of the offset movies. I I fucking love the Jackass series and all the things yeah. that came from it. I, I grew I grew up on it and yeah, watching back now, I can definitely see some problems with it. But I, it's always a familiar, funny thing I can go back to that will always kind of make me laugh. Mm -hmm. You know, I, <laughs> I still feel bad at some points for those people that they did harass. But at other points, it's fucking hilarious. And I, uh, again, it's most of the time for our amusement. So, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't ever think that they do it willingly to hurt others. I think it's just usually kind of, uh, what's it, um, uh, collateral damage but uh, I, I do stick by a lot of the things that I said I do think that they also are the biggest problem that YouTube has created so um, yeah but yeah no I fucking love it and I <laughs> my hero Ryan Dunn who is the sweetheart of the entire series rest in peace all right mm -hmm. all right uh, Katie the best one of them all 
Yeah, I fucking love Jackass. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I love it so much. So th- this is my least favorite out of the movie series. I think the third one, kind of like Genevieve was saying, like I just love the big stunts, the bigger, the wackier uh, like set pieces and stuff. So you really get that with the third one when they get a bigger budget. And um, I still have to fast forward through anything involving like shit or like any bodily function because that's just really gross. But in general, I think it's just like, it's just so joyful. Like you watch them like laughing their ass off at each other and with each other and you can't help but also laugh. Like it's just infectious. So I think it's a it's an expression of of joy. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, no, I also love uh the Jackass movies. This one and Katie, I agree. I think this one is like the least um maybe like focused and cohesive of all of them. Um except the point fives, which are more of like behind the scenes y I don't know. It's yeah. not. They're not as formed. It's all the movies. extra stuff they didn't have. They yeah, had to take and, out and there's things. like interviews with them and stuff. So it feels a little bit more like a behind the scenes thing rather than like uh, you know we're here for the spectacle of seeing a bunch more stunts. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I I marathoned all these like in a day because I was just like needed it. I don't know. It's one of those <laughs> things you don't know you need it till you start watching it and you're like I love this. I love every second of this. Um, and yeah, I, I held off answering your when was the last time you watched like Jackass stuff because like not that long ago I did the same thing, Cody, where I was like, I'm just gonna sit on YouTube and watch like an hour of Jackass clips. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's like it's this weird like cathartic engine of just like I don't even know, just low. Like, you know, really low stakes. Like, you don't have to think that hard about why it's entertaining. It is. it is. It's like um, the energy of, like, just goofing off with your friends, like, in the backyard. And that's, like, very nostalgic for me. And that's one of the reasons I really like it. Um, plus, like, these movies came out when I was, like, in middle school. And so these the whole cast seems, like, cool dumbass older brothers or something which is like i don't know there's something like close close to close to my heart about that i don't know it's 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 great the first one is is my least favorite of the main ones but still good i mean they're splitting hairs about you know what constitutes a good jackass movie but um but uh but yeah everybody uh as mentioned uh, we're gonna keep talking about some about Jackass. We got a bunch of a bunch of fans here, so the extended play is probably gonna be pretty fun. Um, Jackass four. Jackass four. I know they're hospitalized. So they're already think... already yeah. injured somebody. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, everybody, we're gonna keep talking on extended play, which is our post show that's just for our Patreon subscribers. So if you want to get in on that, um, head over to Patreon.com/slash24flamespod. There's a bunch of other good stuff up there. Drink alongs, hot takes. Uh, a little bit of everything. Um, and so, yeah, everybody, um, join us over there for the post show. Um, and if you got thoughts about Jackass, uh, you can email us at 24flamespod at gmail.com uh, with those thoughts. You can find us on social media at 24flamespod. And wherever you get your podcasts, go and leave a leave a rating, a review. Help more people find the show. Help us make the show better. It's uh, it's this big positive feedback loop of of good podcasting um if you uh, do that subscribe so you can uh you know get get notified when new episodes are dropping um and speaking of which let me double check my calendar yeah um and next week 
we were doing the secret life of walter mitty um which is kind of a little bit a little bit more of a new year'sy energy i think um and so yeah everybody coming back for that uh, this episode of 24 Flames Per Second was produced and hosted by me, Robert Spiewak, and co-hosted by Katie Bennett. The panels this week, the roasters were Genevieve Ferrari and Evan Christopher. On the defense is Cody Olson. And our uh, show music is composed and performed by Rob Joins and Will Paulson. And our network and co-op, Party Fish Media, is uh, produced by Quasi Phillips, Will Paulson, and myself. Uh, everybody, and so... Yeah, that's going to that's gonna do it for this episode. We had a ball. We hope you had a ball listening. Um, we'll be back with uh, more good stuff next week, everybody. And so, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you then. Everyone, I hope your good year's off to a good start uh, in a week. Uh, we have a new president, so get hyped. Um, and so, yeah, everybody, we will uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for, uh, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliot Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.